Hi and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. If you're new around here, welcome. My name's Holly and if you've been listening for a while, welcome back to you as well. Sorry I have been off the radar for a little bit. Normally I try to release an episode every week um, but I had to take a little bit of a mental health break, something that I talk about with my clients all the time. Sometimes you just need a little bit of a break. Had lots of things happening in my life um, but most recently a poorly dog which is always difficult. I know those of you that have had that experience will um will know what that feels like I took my dog Aya she is a blood donor and I took her for her regular blood donation she goes a few times a year and she was good as gold as always little angel (laughs) um she's a big girl so it's not not too taxing on her body and she doesn't find it stressful so um we went along for the donation thought nothing more of it And then I had a phone call from the vet. So, of course, they always have to check the donated blood to make sure that it's healthy before they can give it to another dog in need. And they said that they'd just run a test on the blood and found some abnormalities for Aya. And they said that her kidney values were a little bit elevated. So I said, okay, well, I'll just take her down to my vet and just get the test repeated and then let you know. And to be honest, I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought she was probably a little bit dehydrated that day because they were running late and we were a bit behind and I, did, I had run out of water for her. So I thought mm, that's probably what it was. And I went into that vet appointment expecting everything to just be fine and it wasn't. So they retested her blood and they found again that the kidney uh, values were significantly elevated. So the next step was a scan. We did a scan um, and then what turned into uh, uh, referrals to a specialist hospital and then some kind of quite urgent treatment. And it was a whole big thing, (laughs) which I may do another episode on in a while. Unfortunately, what we have now discovered is that she has um, stage two kidney failure, which was really very upsetting to hear because she's only five and she's always been a very healthy dog, no other issues, never had any treatment for anything. Now, there's not a whole lot you can do for this kind of diagnosis aside from changing her diet, which of course I have done already. But it was a bit of a shock and not very nice. Um, luckily, Aya is very much herself. She's still her happy, happy, wonderful self. And we're, of course, going to do everything that we can to support her. But it was all go for a little while. So apologies for being off, off the grid for a bit. But we are back. And today I'm talking about, well, the topic of today's episode is my dog is three and now she's anxious all of a sudden. Now, If you are one of my clients and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my God, are you talking about me? (laughs) I'm not. I am not targeting you. I'm not talking about anything, anyone specifically or any dog specifically, because actually this is something that I have seen so many times. Now, the age of the dog might be a little bit different. You could have a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, it doesn't matter. But essentially an adult dog who is anxious, all of a sudden it seems like. Now, This can be that they have suddenly developed anxiety for the first time. You're noticing some anxious behaviours or some things that they're doing that they've never really done before. It could also be that actually you've got a dog who was anxious as a puppy or as a younger dog, maybe in relation um, to a specific trauma or just they were just a bit worrisome and things improved and now all of a sudden it feels like they've regressed back to that state again and you're thinking, hang on a second, you've been fine for years and now you're three, for example, and all of a sudden you're not fine again. And 
this can be really hard for us to make sense of. (laughs) For that reason, because there's been a long period of time where everything seemed absolutely fine, maybe we've done a physical health check, there's nothing going on there, and we're just not sure why all of a sudden their dog is barking out of the window at passers-by. All of a sudden, their dog is anxious of strangers, sudden noises, unexpected dogs in the environment, whatever it might be that your dog's worried by. So, we just kind of, we can't make sense of that in our head. And that's why it can be quite hard to know how to help the dog. Um, We're not sure whether this is going to be something that's going to now be a long-term issue for them, or whether it's just a bit of a blip on the radar and we need to kind of ride it out a little bit. We'll talk about that in a second. But what I would encourage you to think about first is that this is normal. This is very, very normal. Have a think in your own life of a time when it's all gone very, very wrong. (laughs) So you've been bumbling along, just living your life as normal, doing whatever it is you normally do on a day-to-day basis. And then all of a sudden, something happens. And we've all had that moment where you're thinking, oh my gosh, my life has just flipped 180 in the last 24 hours. So this could be something really serious, like the loss of a loved one, the loss of a home or a job or something like that, or a relationship. Um, This can be something less serious, perhaps, but just as scary. So perhaps... um, Maybe a trip that you've planned for a year suddenly falls through or something like a pandemic. When the pandemic was first spoken about, I was I was wary of it, but I wasn't catastrophizing. I wasn't terrified of it. But as the weeks progressed and as lockdown came, I started to think, gosh, no, I am a bit frightened. I am going to start disinfecting my food when I bring it back from the supermarket, etc. So often something will happen completely unanticipated out of the blue and it can really just shake things up for you so actually this is normal this does happen in life and if it happens to us it can happen to our dogs now sometimes it is something sudden and unexpected like I just listed out occasionally though it's an accumulation of something over time so let's say your dog's always looked out of the living room window and just watched the world go by and they've always been totally fine with that and then one day they're doing that and you're busy out in the back garden or doing something you're not there with them maybe you're at work and something happens that frightens them in that moment so maybe someone comes past the house and looks in the window or there's a massive noise outside or they see an accident or something that frightens them in some way shape or form you have no awareness that this has even happened and then you're saying gosh like he's really started barking out of the window actually he never used to do that but all of a sudden he's barking and as the weeks go by that barking becomes more intense that starts to spread out to when I'm seeing people when I'm seeing birds when I'm seeing rubbish trucks when I'm seeing other dogs and you're thinking gosh this is really escalating and it's never been an issue before what is going on (laughs) so the point I'm making is that sometimes it's a very obvious specific trauma or event sometimes it's a far less obvious accumulation over time that has that stress has just increased and increased and increased The good news is it doesn't really matter which type it is, you can support your dog regardless and you don't always need to know what that initial trigger was. So long as you can see what's triggering them now and you usually can, that's the place that you can start to work with them. So 
what we need to do is we need to observe the dog. We need to figure out what is going on, what is triggering you in this moment. If we take that barking out of the window example, it would just be a case of sitting down for a day, writing off the day, <laughs> and just watching your dog. So just seeing what are the triggers and really making a note of those before you can start to work on them. But in terms of how to support your dog with whatever it is that is suddenly seemingly causing them anxiety, I kind of think of it in the same way that I might support a person with dementia. So my lovely Nan, <laughs> I cared for her for several years um, towards the end of her life. And she had dementia, which started off relatively mild, as it often does, and it kind of stayed that way for a while. And then there were some quite sort of sharp deteriorations where she would suddenly really deteriorate for a good few weeks or months and then it would plateau again and then that would happen again. And of course, one of the kind of hallmarks of dementia, Alzheimer's, these kinds of conditions is memory loss. So short term, definitely, <laughs> sometimes long term, but short term memory loss. So in the initial stages, she would tell me the same story upwards of 20 times, sometimes in the same afternoon. <laughs> um, and actually something that my mum really struggled with, understandably, was, was that. So she would want to try and encourage my nan to understand or to remember. So for example, let's say we'd gone into town to buy some groceries, to buy some food shopping, and we'd come back. And my nan had forgotten that. And she would say, oh, we need to go to the supermarket. And my mum would say, no, mum, we went an hour ago. <laughs> oh, we need to go to the supermarket. No, mum. And my mum would get more and more upset and wound up because it was obviously upsetting. <laughs> my nan couldn't remember. Um, what we want to try and do in these kinds of cases, working with people with dementia, is actually don't try and change their mind. Don't try and tell them, remember, remember. If anything, that's often more stressful for them because we're trying to force them to do something that they simply aren't able to do in that moment. So we're working with these kinds of people, supporting these kinds of people, if it's a family member or a friend, as much as you possibly can, try and embrace the repetition. <laughs> Accept the fact that you may well be repeating yourself many, many times um, saying, oh, right, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, very interesting for the third time. <laughs> and just trying to accept it. So something that we refer to in human psychology as radical acceptance. And what we mean by radical acceptance is we stop fighting the reality in front of you. Stop trying to pretend it's not happening. So in the case of my nan struggling to remember things, stop trying to get her to remember, stop getting frustrated and angry. And instead, rather than trying to block off those feelings of frustration and anger, just letting them kind of wash over you a little bit and then saying, I accept that, that's what's happening. And now what do I need to do differently to help everyone feel a bit safer in this situation? So accepting it and letting it go is the real key um, in these cases. And that's exactly what I would encourage you to do with your dog. Because even though it may be stressful that they're exhibiting these anxious behaviours, if you let yourself get incredibly wound up, why is he worried now? What's he stressing about? What do I need to do? How do I resolve this? How do I fix this? Why is he suddenly anxious at the age of three when he hasn't been since he was 12 weeks old, etc, etc, etc? 
you get really stuck in the problem. You get really wound up and caught up in trying to fix it. And when you're in that state, you often, you're not very open to creative ideas. (laughs) It's almost, it's a bit confusing because you're trying as much as you can to find a solution to the problem. But actually, you end up tying yourself in so many knots that you're not open to solutions at the end of the day. So I would really encourage you just, as we always say on Letters from Your Dog, Try and think about what your dog needs in that moment to feel safe. That could be getting distance from that trigger. That could be blocking off visual to that trigger or auditory to that trigger if that's possible. Um, That could be, actually, do I need to take them to training class even though I know they're getting stressed? Can I give them a couple of weeks off or do I need to go at all? Thinking about the environment that the dog is in, the people that they're there with, um, You know, are you offering treats because that's what your dog finds reassuring or are you trying to shove treats in their mouth to stop them from barking? Because they are two very different things, for example. So I would really encourage you to observe your dog in a time of relaxation when they are not stressed, when they're totally happy and chilled out. What kinds of things do they do? What is the natural relaxed state for that dog? And then how can you try and recreate some of that for those moments of stress so that you're helping them to kind of come back to their safe place essentially that's what we're looking for i hope that was helpful to think about the key points from today really are actually don't worry that this is something abnormal and bizarre (laughs) i always say to people don't panic first and foremost try not to panic because when we panic as i said we close ourselves off to thinking about solutions and things that can help Observe your dog, see what's going on, and then see if you can recognize some things that do make them feel safe and think about how you can introduce some of those things into your dog's day or into those moments of stress so that they are more able to come back to themselves and to feel happy again. Okay, if you have an anxious dog and you are struggling to support them, I'd love to help you. I love working with anxious dogs and their people. It's one of my favourite things, having had my own anxious dog. Um, just send me an email to info at pauseupdogs.com if you'd like to book in a session and I would be happy to support you. I work with people across the world, so we've got digital sessions and face-to-face for those a little bit closer to home as well. Okay, it's good to be back. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and I'll speak to you soon. Take care.